Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Hopefully that means maybe I'll 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 get a springtime at some point out of this instead mm-hmm. of the this bizarre uh, period of of thirty degree weather punctuated by uh, rain sometimes of the freezing variety every other you know like every other day um, uh, something that the locals here in Richmond have told me is called winter, mm-hmm. uh, but but. Personally, I am I am ready for spring to come around one more time. Yes, but yeah. I'll, I'll feel. I don't human know. It might be harder. All. It might be harder to you know have more winter, but it'll be maybe better to get to the spring. Yeah, if, and if, I'm if in it'll it. come faster. I mean, At, yeah, I and then I'll feel I'll feel like I can go work out more and and get stronger. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and we can just leave this horrible, gross, gray winter behind in our random access memories. Yeah, I think that that would be good. And for those of you doing your homework, we are obviously uh, referencing a very big breakup that is music related. And and no, not not that one, the actual d- divorce. This is more of a. Oh, of that's a, right. Can we really does that does it count as a musical divorce if only one of the people involved is a musician? I mean, it it will probably affect music in in the oh, popular popular mood. But as as That's this fair. group did, sorry, Max. Or do you know who you're talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, well, uh, uh, Kanye West and and his wife, reality television star Kim Kardashian, are uh, she has filed for divorce. Yes. Oh, really? But but we're talking about we're, we're talking about a, a group that is that is at this moment uh i think bigger than than Kanye in, in a lot of ways certainly certainly well maybe today maybe right now on google trends <laughs> yeah uh, maybe <laughs> okay well in any case uh max do you want to do you want to share what what happened today uh yeah the, the 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 french techno duo daft punk released an epilogue video suggesting that they will no longer be uh a musical duo after i want to say what 28 years or something yes yeah 28 they released a video where they kind of walked away from each other and then one of them blew up and <laughs> oh, yeah God. Thank, thank you for running through that because I definitely did not watch the video. It was like nine minutes long. I, I just kind of skipped through it and was like, yep, they're still in the desert. Yep, they're still in the desert. Oh, he just blew up. Like, yeah. I think it's imagery. It's supposed to suggest, you know, that they're done um, making albums. I guess we can't expect a new album from them anytime soon, which is a shame because they they were popping them out like, like uh, Tic Tacs before that, right? Yes, which is to say... They hadn't released no. <laughs> an album since 2012? 2014, uh, I believe. What would have been their last... It would have. Been... I think it was earlier the than Tron that. The Tron soundtrack, maybe? So, so, so t- in 2013, they released Random Access okay. Memories. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, prior to that was, was Tron. Um, and yeah, I mean, they 
only released a, a few albums as yeah. as far as huge huge groups i mean is that max we're talking about this in part because you had you had a pretty strong reaction to this because i think that they were more important to you than than either of us but we all understand their their cultural legacy and, and impact it and i mean mm-hmm. i i feel like you are best able to express the the largesse of of daft punk yeah, I mean, I don't know that I, I don't know that that's true, but I definitely think that it's um I think that they they did some really important thing especially considering how little music they really put out. They they broke some serious barriers and they were almost they starting off as the ones that almost made I'm not going to say they made techno popular, but they sort of did. <laughs> I mean, they, they were brought it into the public into yeah. a lot of synthesizer music all the way up through to the point where they're collaborating with the person who just did the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, uh, there's the weekend has a, a handful of songs that are done with Daft Punk, like mm-hmm. Starboy and, and whatnot. So, like, I, that's a pretty impressive resume for a for a group that, like I said, really has not released that much music themselves for 28 years. Yeah, I mean, Daft Punk is definitely one of the one of the groups, one of the artists that's responsible for making, you know, electronic music popular in the mainstream in America. Like you, you know, uh, there, there's just there's no way that you know artists like Avicii, R.I.P. or I don't know. I, this is Calvin Harris. Sure, Calvin Harris. I've, I've gotten myself into a, into a weird <laughs> bind because this is not my <laughs> musical lane. Uh, but uh, speaking of Calvin Harris, I I had a, an extensive argument on Super Bowl Sunday yeah. about whether or not Calvin Harris was a big enough star to actually be. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime act, which just I, is... I think the answer is a definitive no. Uh, Don't listen. Listen. Let's not. Let's not try to eat this cactus because we're yeah. some Any, the prickles anyway, are going to come out. At, at me on Twitter and, and argue. Change my mind. <laughs> uh, but and, but yeah, go ahead. So uh, anyway, they're 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 one of the formative artists on the the Mount Rushmore of you know electronic music in the american consciousness and so it's it's weird it's it's kind of it's kind of weird and and sad and and bittersweet to to get an announcement that they've decided to part ways and yet what except (laughs) what sort of what sort of like took hold for me was a a thought that uh stephen hyden the the music critic said on on the tweet machine in response which was this feels sort of strange and odd because who who announces like what band announces a, a formal breakup anymore unless they're unless the goal is to indicate that they are uh broken up so that they can then turn around at some point in the future and capitalize on the reunion. I didn't think about this question a lot beforehand, but the thing that immediately jumps out to me um, is Max, you mentioned the weekend. 
Um, Beyonce also did a Super Bowl halftime show. Last year was Bad Bunny, J-Lo, Shakira. Um, I can go back, but as far as the cultural consciousness in big groups, um, there I feel like there aren't a lot of groups anymore. I, I mean, I'd have to test this, but the idea of a group, these uh, clashing, I, I mean, okay, BTS, I understand, is, is like the biggest group in the world, the, the K-pop group. Is that is that what it is? Is it BTS? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like this, this idea of a group that's been around for a long time is kind of a is kind of a strange thing, um, and and maybe maybe that's part of it. Like we don't have a lot to compare it to. I know Sean, you mentioned LCD sound system earlier, but I don't know if you know Daft Punk might have a bigger cultural footprint than than them. But oh, definitely. Um, no doubt. And and so I, I'm I'm going to try not to be cynical about it. I think they might just genuinely say. You know, we've been together 28 years. Maybe they've been thinking about this for a while and wanted to announce it last year. But during a pandemic, you're you're not that important. But as as people start to get optimistic about this being the end, maybe it's a, a better time. I don't know. But, but yeah, I think the dynamics of the group are unique. I, yeah, uh, I wasn't I don't think I was meaning to like co-sign on to like uh, an idea that it was a particular like a crassly cynical thing uh, mm-hmm. but I, I you know i don't know I, I i can't imagine on the one hand i can't imagine why if you had decided to to break up a year ago why you would sit on that for so long so like it's it's puzzling. It's puzzling. It might have taken a year to produce that video. It could. He could have. blew up. <laughs> you gotta really, de- really have to commit to the blowing up but, part, but, which but is then I a little of, dark. Sorry. But then I also think that that maybe it's it's it could be something where they just ne- planned to kind of never really announce it, and mm-hmm. then you know, frankly, I didn't realize that they were involved with the weekend until you said something about it, and so so maybe. You know, uh, maybe just purely from a speculation standpoint, like it's it's not another realm of possibility that, you know, those those songs being performed at the Super Bowl halftime show maybe sparked some interest in, you know, in in people wanting something more from Daft Punk and, and them stepping away and saying, OK, well, shit, we need to now we need to say mm-hmm. something. That that does that does make me think of something, Sean. And, and a question I have for you, Max, is not realizing that they had produced Starboy, which is a, you know a huge has a huge cultural impact. Um, you know, they <laughs> one thing they did with with uh, their most recent album is never it, not that he wasn't cool; he's always been cool. But making Nile Rodgers, bringing him back into the public sphere is cool. And then also, um, I'll allow you to say the name of the, the techno icon that they had tell his life story on the album. What, Giorgio Morador? Yes, I figured you would enjoy saying it. Um, yeah. But, but like, that's that's one thing that strikes me about them. is for, for, And I wonder if that has been appealing to you as, as a group, is we don't... We don't know a lot about them. They literally cover their faces. They haven't released that much music, but they are always compelling. And and is that is that interesting to you that that we don't know so much about them, but more about them as as a group? That makes sense. Um, to be honest, I mean, I guess I've never really thought about it 
um, that way. I think that definitely makes it uh, compelling in the sense that they are they are purely musical artists because you don't even know them as non-musical artists to your point like I don't, I don't know them as people um so that's certainly interesting and it certainly maybe makes the breakup even even more important because you wouldn't even know i don't know i mean if one of them went and did solo music the only way anyone would know who they were is if they said if they you know made it pretty obvious that it was like oh i was the guy from daft punk yeah well um, but it's all it's not like we didn't know their names no sure sure but to, if you want to, like, feed off of that sure. popularity. But at the same time, Max, and, and this is something that as, as I was looking through today and reading some, reading up a little bit, and I, I should note the tidbit I shared with you all, is they were, as they were getting signed, they met a Scottish record label executive at a rave at Disneyland Paris in 1994. I mean, this is, like, bringing together all these different groups. And, and Sean, you said it. Um is that this is, you know, electronic group, and they they kind of brought that into the consciousness and knowing what that means. But Max, another thing that I feel like they, you know, by opening that door up, they did is not not only going back and understanding like Giorgio and the the importance of that and some of these obscure samples, but I know that you are more into electronic and and tropical house and these different genres. Do you feel like? One thing that is important to them is not just the before, but but the after, and and the awareness of actually there are twenty different genres that they that they kind of touched on. Um, what I'm asking is, do you think that they drove that awareness some? Um, I don't know. I don't. Like, did you come to Kygo because of of your your is Daft Punk the gateway drug to Kygo? Is really what I'm asking. Certainly not right now, not anymore. Maybe for someone who went through the phases that I did of, of listening to rave music. But I don't think so. I mean, I think it's... I, instead of the gateway... I mean, it, it's more just... It's really not. Because I think, I think even now, Daft Punk's music is maybe more obscure in a way than Kygo. I mean, Kygo is remixing very popular songs and people just are like oh it's just like a i don't know how else to, it's like a tropically techno-y version of this pop song like that's not really what daft punk i mean that's sort of what they're doing when they produce the tron soundtrack and, and work with the weekend on on you know i feel it coming in starboy and whatnot but i'm not sure and and, and so the, the question then of like what constitutes being the gateway matters a lot and, and there are a lot of different potential gateways here I think Pierce, <clears throat> the way you the way you asked the question is about like whether it was a gateway for Max's personal music listening mm. journey. It was, yeah, I, sure, and, it was for me. To answer I, that, yes, I think it was. Yeah, I I think that's pretty fair, but that's also super heavily timing dependent. So like exactly. someone who is my sister's age, born mm-hmm. in like ninety eight and later, like they probably wouldn't have a whole lot of reason. Like if, if you were, if you were a freshman in high school essentially when random access memories came out daft punk's last recording like it's probably fairly unlikely that daft punk is your gateway into listening to kygo yeah it's probably much more likely that kygo if if you're like a a curious like 
branch out and try and listen to the influences type person uh, that you would go if like if you're born in the 21st century that you would go in the other direction go from Kygo back to Daft Punk but there's also the question of whether Daft Punk was a gateway to Kygo musically speaking and I think Max is correctly hit on the idea that not really because electronic music uh is a very it's a very varied kind of genre heading with lots of different lineages and sublineages in it that all you know a, a lot of them frankly have nothing in common with each other other than that they are you know electronic in nature and so I, I think that in that way, no, but I think I think the real thing is that, you know, is that Kygo probably, well, I don't even want to say probably. There's a, a chance that Kygo never exists. Like, Kygo never happens if it's not mm-hmm. for Daft Punk. And so, like, the clearest gateway is is in that Daft Punk making... Electron. I mean, essentially, essentially, what Daft Punk did is the Kygo version is like the thing that Kygo did, but to disco instead of pop music. Mm-hmm. You know, Daft Punk, <clears throat> like their particular brand of music, is very obviously disco inflected. I mean, for yes. God's sake, Random Access Memories is not a techno record. It's it's, it's a, disco it's album. A, it's a, it's a um, disco. Oh yeah. And, but but e- so even when even when it's not really like a, a direct sort of evolution relationship in terms of like what the music sounds like, like those, those bonds are still there for sure. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I am interested, you know, what, uh, with this particular group breaking up as, as we, as the words, w- words we're left with right, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I ended up reading today and it's like, you're reading about, you know, influences from from the London scene at various times and, and from the Paris scene and, you know, the German scene. And, and I do realize right now that there's a particular, huh, that's too bad of this, because then I'm thinking about like, oh, you know, them and, and really their influences are, are, you know, the things that came after them. These these are scenes. These are instances where people will go and they will go listen to these long sets and these pulsating, sweating, dancing uh, venues and it really is a community and I'm thinking that yeah I mean I go to the indie rock shows and you know someone plays for 40 minutes and it's really cool and everything but it's not four hours it's not six hours it's not four days and like this type of music I wonder Max is you know maybe maybe not so much for you but maybe for others going through this and being sad about these groups breaking up because these are their exposure to them and your interaction with them can be really outsized in how much time you're literally dancing to them. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I, so I don't know that, that Daft Punk did that, but they probably did in the early days. Um, I've been to some kind of house music concerts that are different to your point. Um, If you ever feel like dancing to the same song for four hours, that's kind of what it's like, but it's, that's, that's what the commercials say, right? Yeah, no, but it's uh, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I never got a chance to see Daft Punk live, and that's maybe yep. one of the reasons why we'd even 
talk about this because there's this hypothetical question that I really like to ask people, which is, you know, what, and, and there's two ways to ask the question, but it's essentially, you know, what musical artist or group would you pay the most amount of money to see? And, you know, who is it and how much would you pay? There's two ways to ask that. One is this implication that you can kind of, you can set it up however you want. So you can make it like a one-on-one show with Prince, even though that like, you know, bring back people from the dead or like I could go see the, I could go sit in the front row at, at, you know, at Woodstock or see the Grateful Dead, or it's the, you know, current alive artists. Right. Who could you plausibly see? Who could you plausibly see? Like who actually might tour that you would go see? And for me, the answer was pretty much always Daft Punk, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of money doesn't matter, but it was certainly significant for a concert. And, um, and, and, and part of that was part of that is that I, I've loved Daft Punk forever. For a while, I considered them my favorite musical group. And the other major part of it is they've made it really difficult to see them live for the past 20 yeah. something years. I mean, and, yeah. and I've tried, that's the thing. Like I, 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 Oh cool. They're touring in Sweden, sort of not even touring, <laughs> like playing two festivals in Sweden. Like it, it, they played at the Grammys, I think, was their last live performance in the United States, and and before that, it would have been even. They, I don't Might think they had the like Lala a ticketed Blues concert show. in the United States Should for have just them in a long time. And yes, I think they were at a festival years ago, but I, it's it hasn't been easy to see them. Should have gotten to Gothenburg when you had a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and maybe that's... now if they break up and then have a reunion tour, that'd be sweet. It'd be easier to see them. <laughs> It's. I mean, I think that that's that's part of it too, and I did want to get to that. Is is this is a group that is doesn't we we don't know who they're dating. I mean, that ends up being a really big thing for for huge <laughs> groups or people. We don't know who they're dating. We don't see their faces. We don't know that much about them. They don't even perform that much, but they are hugely impactful. And and I think that that I think is really cool. And for you, to, that that does make the the thing of i would pay a lot of money to go see them make all the more sense yeah but ab- what absolutely a, what it what a curious group that it mm-hmm. has that power of captivation when I, I mean i their their music clearly takes a lot of time to put together so if they really took eight years to put an album together i'd be like oh i'm not not surprised mm-hmm. but like to have so little output and to have such a great um you know uh, parabolic effect to that it just how how impactful yeah. it is is really incredible dude what if this does turn out to be a publicity stunt i mean they're, like, would, they're, wouldn't that be wild would they, like, it, they're d- pretty essentially daft punk's first publicity stunt ever it would be certainly interesting i um it doesn't strike me like one just because sure. like we discussed and, and whatnot but there are different aspects of it that are interesting i mean I'm curious if any music that they have been working on since their latest release will surface. Um, but the other thing is, like, like you said, oh, this is a publicity stunt so that they can go on tour and, and make boatloads of money. I I could be wrong here, but I have a feeling there's a lot of people in the world that are in similar positions as me that didn't need a publicity stunt to happily go <laughs> pay a good, healthy amount of money to see Daft Punk perform live. Like, I don't think there's... Because they've toured so little, right. I think they could easily put a tour together and and clean up if they if they really wanted to. Yeah. So I think, and I think that a lot of maybe a lot of how I think about this whole cycle is informed by the fact that my my f- first off the cuff thought when you asked us the who who would you pay the most to see. 
um, was not actually about money, but about like who who do I want to see live the most? And the like my first off the cuff thought was a band that was on a pretty substantial hiatus until recently the hold steady and they never they never actually broke up but after ripping off like three great albums in a three-year span from 2005 to 2008 their their piano player left and then they put out some kind of more disappointing things that didn't maybe live up to their standards and they kind of just like fell off the map and stopped making music for a little bit and I think particularly in that time, like that felt like a pretty sizable void. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they never they never broke up, officially at least. And then around like, I guess in 2015, they sort of reunited a little bit for reunion shows because they started hitting milestones. They started, it was 10 years since separation sunday came out which was like one of their you know which is probably it's one of their most beloved albums and then in 2016 it was the 10th anniversary of boys and girls in america which was probably their biggest album um and like that was it turns out that they got everybody back together by that point they had incorporated a third guitarist into the mix um so now like they're they're back together as this six-piece band and turns out they really liked doing it. And so mm-hmm. what was what maybe could be argued started as, you know, uh, cr- crass is perhaps not the right word, but started as something that was sort of commercially focused, turned into we have this chance to to start making music together again. And they just put out a new album, their second new album since you know, since starting that process uh, last Friday. And I've, I've been listening to it a bunch and I, I, I quite enjoy it. Uh, and, and so I, I think that, I think that between that and LCD sound system, who, whose reunion I, I didn't see coming. And I, apparently I might've been the only one, you know, that I think those, those have like really shaped my framing of like yeah. what, what happens when a band, breaks up mm-hmm. yeah and i think max for for your sake uh, it might not feel good it might not feel good right now but mm-hmm. you know you should appreciate the maybe hopefully uh you know sincerity of this and maybe it's just like calling it a career you know john elway wins the super bowl and that's it like like and let's pretend he doesn't become a gm maybe they do executive producing under pseudonyms or, or something that would be cool but um i mean enjoy it and and also i'm thinking about this is like yeah they didn't tour very much like what's their money stream keep in mind they did a disney movie they're fine they probably own islands they probably have access to other islands i think that they're they're fine so i mean i i know that when other bands break up or go through stuff it's it's like oh wow they're they're probably going through a lot of personal issues or they hate each other or you know someone did something with someone that matters a lot to that person it's actually kind of nice that we don't know that much about them because you can just focus on 
wow, what a catalog and how great it is. And, and I don't have to think about these, these interpersonal relationships going awry. We'll always have digital love. Might not be the first time. Okay. Well, uh, we were concerned about whether or not we could talk about this for 20 minutes. Uh, we does not always, include me. I always had faith in us. I think it was really, you were the one that said it. You said, let's try to get to 20. I No, I said that as a way to like encourage this. We're going meta here. I that's did that as a way to talk. encourage us. That's a weird pep huh. talk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, we're, I firmly believe that we're capable of talking about just about anything in the world for 20 minutes. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we, we, we made it, mama, we made it. Uh, and, and now we can, uh, we can move on to, let's be honest what everybody really comes here for every week pierce is sorry what are you apologizing for today speaking speaking of talking about anything i actually have a really good apology saved up but i can't do it yet because of and it's actually texas's fault for for not upgrading their their power grid there's there's an apology i can't do because it's mail related and the mail has been delayed so i've been waiting now like a month to do this it's we'll, we'll get to it hopefully next week but anyways today as far as you didn't know i could talk this so I, I you know there's an apology i'm waiting on but um at least the apology for today is something that and there was some late breaking news before we started recording um or would have been a more expansive apology but in any case i today i was really concerned that i was going to have to um apologize to the those that live with me in this apartment and, and also my future self, because um, it, during the workday, just got so overwhelmed with certain things that I was in, eating an apple, and I didn't remember if I had finished it or not, and also didn't know where I had put it. So I feverishly searched for like 15 minutes before we started this podcast for an apple core, and I was very concerned, and so I thought... I'm going to have to get on this podcast and I'm going to have to apologize to my future self and the others that live in this apartment because I've lost an apple and I don't know where it is and it's going to start smelling like rotten apple. Fortunately, I searched in the trash can and found it just before we started recording, but I was really concerned that I I had lost an apple and it distracted me from my work stuff too. So there were some things that I got to a little bit later. So apologies to my, my coworkers who were waiting on me to respond to, to pings. But yeah, I, you know, it's not, it's not good if you are my age and losing, forget keys, but losing apples that I'm eating. I, truth be told, I had finished it and thrown it away, but just did not remember that progression of things. So I, I lost, I lost an apple. And just to be clear, you didn't think about every other apple you've eaten in your entire life and the process that goes into eating an apple and then disposing of it and think, maybe I should look first in the trash? I I, I looked in the trash can multiple times. It had fallen, and there wasn't much in the trash can either. So I was like, how can I be missing this? But the... There were there were also like chicken bones in there. It was like chicken bones, and then it had gotten into a bag, and so I ended up having to pull the bag out. So there was a bag within the bag, and you know, so Inception apple basically. I do you, think you have a third. Uh, I think you have perhaps overblown the worst case scenario here, which is that you start to smell an apple, 
and then you immediately find the apple. You have a third family member that probably would have found the apple and enjoyed the apple. Also, <laughs> yeah, would have been fine. That that individual also, does yes. not consume human food, so I actually don't think that that would that would happen. Well, if he doesn't pursue it, maybe not. But uh, apple, I don't know. All right, and, yeah, that's that's a good point. So yeah, uh, <laughs> make regular doctor visits because apples a day are clearly not doing it. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, we'll close the show with a big idea from pop culture, and uh, it's it's been a while, I think, since I've, I've talked about something I was reading, uh, which is a shame because if if you it's know anything about this pod, it's that we're pro reading. Um, pro reading. It's it's uh, it's a really controversial stance that we've carved out for ourselves. <laughs> reading is good, and you should do it. Um, but I, I have I have once again taken advantage of the wonderful Libby app uh, mm. to to check out from the library a uh, an electronic copy of a book called The Vapors. What if you had to guess uh, what the uh, perhaps the biggest nexus of illegal gambling in the United States? in the uh 1940s through 60s was what would you guess that it was uh i have a bad feeling that it involves animals i'm sorry Uh, i'm not talking about an event i'm talking about a location oh oh a location jesus did you think i was talking about like cockfighting oh maybe like dog racing or something (laughs) good god no illegal Uh, casino uh, gambling uh, I don't know. Bit of, New I, York I could... City. So, so there is there is certainly a chance that that New York City on volume is actually bigger, uh, but the the notorious place is Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh. Hmm. And and the so the vapors is written by this guy named David Hill, who is a descendant. He is like the the grandson. He's the grandson of one of the central figures. In the book, his grandmother, Hazel, who, you know, is one of the people in Hot Springs who, over time, interacts with the, uh, with the, the illegal gambling business or, or the semi-legal gambling business because it kind of takes a bunch of different forms. And it just, like, it's this fascinating book that goes chronologically from, like, the maybe the late thirties to the mid sixties. Um, and, and is structured such that each chapter kind of checks back in on one of the key players. There's like a, there's an English, uh, an English, uh, New York mob figure named Oni Madden who comes down and like essentially runs, uh, runs the, the business as a, a front for, for Meyer Lansky, the notorious criminal. Uh, there is just a, a truly staggering level of political corruption and ballot box stuffing and, and chicanery. Uh, and, and it's just like, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. Um, I got into it kind of not, not really knowing what to expect, but I, I rather enjoyed it. It's not 
it's not like a brutally intensive read. I read it in about a week, um, and and you you probably can too. Uh, and so so if you're if you're interested in you know uh, recountings of figures from organized crime meeting in Havana to talk about the future of gambling in the U.S. Uh, this this book is for you. Uh, I think you will. I think you will probably enjoy it. So, uh, find a way to get a hold of the vapors if you're inclined to uh, to read it in print. Support your local bookstore. They could certainly use your help uh, in this time. If you're more of an ebook person, see if you can get a hold of it on on Libby. It's, it seems to be a pretty popular read, so you might have to wait a while, but. It was just like a fortuitous thing. I forgot I had put a hold on it, and I got a like a push notification. It was like, your copy of The Vapors is ready for you to borrow. I was like, sweet, let's do it. Let's get into it. So like a three-week uh, rental period, and I returned it two weeks early. <laughs> so I, I, I seem to have enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, The Vapors by David Hill. That is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to our podcast feed on your device and app of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye. Why don't you play?